everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Want to Talk Movies. My name is Andy. I'm Andrew. How you doing, Andy? Good. Um, ready to talk about random movie and television shit, I guess. Yeah, we got a random mix because I fucked up and didn't see either movie that we were supposed to see, technically. You know you know what's funny about that, though, is that you mentioned, like, oh, hey, I'm going to go watch Liquor's Pizza. And I'm like, oh, cool. So then I, that same weekend, drive my ass to the theater. It's my first time going to the theater in the very, since, like, No Way Home because um, I've, I've been avoiding the theater. So I'm like, all right, cool. For the podcast, for the for the, this, I'm, I will go because Andrew has my back and he will do this with me and i'm gonna go probably watch liquor's pizza which then i watched it and then they were playing no way home so then i snuck in for like the second half with no way home and then i came back home and i'm like cool now we're gonna record a podcast on liquor's pizza and then you're like oh i still need to watch it i'm like okay um well you know i was gonna go see it and then my friends got covid because i was gonna go with them because they wanted to see it yeah. And then I waited and then I realized I probably should have seen it by now. And then I, I randomly asked him, I was like, hey, like, do you guys still want to go see it? Like, and they were out of town. Ta- they were out of town. So I was like, oh, maybe I should wait. I don't know. And then I ended up just waiting. All right. Well, we will save the licorice piece of discussion. All right. Is it uh, good? For- it's. I, I want to say yes. The topic makes me uncomfortable, though. Um, okay. Because, well, okay, so not, so the premise is that it's in the 70s, and it's a love story between, like, a, a 15-year-old kid who falls in love with a, a 25-year-old woman. Um, and, like, that's like a romantic comedy book going back and forth. So that's pretty much the premise, right? But, um, so, it's, so it's a little strange, but it's not a bad movie. Uh, so if we do end up talking about it, then we can get more into that, so we can kind of save it for now. If not, then, like, we can... That I, I can do a, a mini review for for the movie if we don't ever end up um, talking. No, about I do. It. I I do want to go see it. I'll probably go see it not this weekend, but the following weekend. Okay, so we'll have some time because we have surprisingly we have a bunch of crap happening like coming out. So we're like it's just gonna be. I'm excited. It's nonstop because we have uh, Uncharted coming out. We have the Batman coming out, and then the second Sonic movie to then. Want uh, Morbius to Wanda to like the WandaVision or Multi Madness Doctor Strange movie. Uh, so we have we we're, we're pretty we have some good stuff coming up for for the next couple of weeks um or months I should say also and then okay so here's the part two about us discussing a movie right because this is what's gonna happen so uh I'm gonna probably do I don't know. So I told Andrew, all right, so Liquor's Pizza, we'll save it out of the question. No worries. Um, hey, Oscar season's coming up, or Oscar season started, um, and there's a Guillermo del Toro movie called Nightmare Alley. It's on HBO Max. Let's try to check it out. And they're like, oh, hey, I can't watch it anywhere here. It's only in theaters. And I'm like, cool. So... As professional as we are, we we uh, don't have a main movie um, for today, but we're going to talk about random stuff that we have. So what we have, in, what we do have in store, we have a bunch of random stuff we're going to talk about. I want to talk about the Oscar stuff um, and anything you know, since we've been kind of watching, and then we're going to talk about um, P 
Peacemaker and end it with uh, the Book of Boba Fett because we have to because it's what we're into. So I know it's funny because we, I feel a little. Should, I don't know. It's just this is the wrong time for me to ask you, Andrew, if we should change our our name for. We talk about for, movies. <laughs> it's what is a movie anyway? You can make the case that like Book of Boba Fett was just a really long movie. Uh, because yeah. sometimes, honestly, and I know people would hate me who love movies, I will pause movies and just walk away from them. Like, I've been doing things today, and that's, I've been I mean, watching that's, that's War. I've been watching War of the Planet of the Apes, and I pause it every 30 minutes. I mean, I, I like, you know what? I mean, and that's that's the, I mean, that's the that's the plus of being able to watch things at your at your leisure at home, right? Like, like, oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna go make some coffee, pause. You know, and you go, or hey, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a quick snack. I'm gonna pause it and be comfort, you know, be comfortable. Um, so I, yeah, and and since COVID started, it's been kind of, uh, like a something that I've gotten used to because I mean I like being able to go, like if I wanted to, you know, make a quick like, quick meal and then watch a movie while I was, you know, I could do that, or if I needed to like get a phone call, I could t- I could take a phone call and pause it. Um, so, so yeah, um, the other thing I was gonna, like, it feels like the whole movies at home kind of thing is kind of ending, but it's still, it's like hybrid right now. So a lot of movies are still, are, are now becoming more, um, theater release. So cases out here in the States are going down and in California, they're going to stop the mask mandate on the 15th. So yeah, I saw that. It's interesting interesting decision but you get americans that makes a bunch of interesting decisions yeah you know what i and i have no i i i don't know what to say i mean i mean i just think there's probably some scenarios where like masks are useful i agree that like there's also some scenarios where it probably doesn't matter anymore but i just feel like you should just be like hey like, let's figure out the ones that like are just required we're gonna just hold it through until we're certain because i feel like the back and forth thing is that's what really annoys people you know what? We're just playing, uh, you know, a, a game of like Russian roulette, and if it goes off, then when the cases explode, and then we just kind of go back to wearing masks. Or, I honestly like, I think you were talking to me about this, but I feel like we are at a point where we're gonna reach, you know, we're gonna just start striving for herd community, herd community, right? Am I saying that? Like, yeah, herd immunity. Gonna... I mean, or it's it's gonna become endemic. But like, I mean, like we still wear masks in stores, which is like fine. Like, I don't care. Like, I went to the store yesterday, you know, I wore my mask. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm not in there that long, so it's not something I care about. Like, when I was outside, you had to wear a mask. That was a little annoying, and I get that. And because you're outside, you kind of wonder, does it really do anything? But I don't really care about wearing a mask in a store because I'm not in them long enough for me to find it bothersome. So, like, whatever. Like, if the store is crowded and it reduces the spread, even, you know, a small amount, it's probably socially beneficial. True, 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 true. At least and until I mean, we're certain that it's endemic, right? That's that's kind of what I would think. Um, I assume Spain and, and a lot of Europe will probably still have masking in certain scenarios for a while. I mean, and I'm still gonna like have my mask on hand because you know I again I'm a, I'm immune immunocompromised because I have I have rheumatoid arthritis and like. I don't know how my my immune system would react to uh to getting something like COVID, you know. And I and I gotten like you know three shots and then everything, and so 
I don't know. We'll see. Like, it's just been kind of like becoming more real because like where I'm, where my company is like now, it's like kind of like it's reached us where we have clients and also uh, staff members um, getting getting sick, you know, so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so we're trying to stay safe. However we can. Um, anyways, uh, on the lighter note, what have you been up to? Like, what, um, like, have you been watching anything cool? So the two things that are the two main things that I've been watching are the things we're going to talk about. Otherwise, the other one was probably this latest season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is still really funny. Larry David's still, I think, really funny somehow. Like, even though, like, he just hasn't lost a beat, he still keeps going. I, this season is, I think, particularly good relative to some of the newer seasons. Like, the premise is that early on in the season, someone robs Larry's house and drowns in their pool. And <laughs> hey, they die. Nice. And then the person's brother who robbed his house is now, like, blackmailing Larry so that his daughter can be in, like, a TV show that he's directing, even though his daughter is, like, the worst actress on the planet. So Larry, in his ingeniousness, starts dating a city councilwoman so he can try to get the law changed so that he can stop becoming blackmailed by this guy. But he hates the city councilwoman. So, like, he finds her, like, super disgusting. There's all sorts of, like, funny, you know, jokes and interactions going on. Um, There's, like, an entire episode where Larry tries to convince her to get, like, vaginal rejuvenation surgery so that he doesn't have to have sex with her for, like, eight weeks. (laughs) Oh, God. That was a good episode. That one was really funny. I just I still love Kirby and do that. It's still really funny. There's even a funny. They even kind of lean into his age because Larry Dave is he's not fucking young. Like he's like I feel like he's like 75, probably approaching 80, something like that. Um, he's still um, going. He's still going hard though. I love he's that still he's still going still hard. Doing shows. Yeah. But there's one episode where like he, he walks into a glass wall by accident, like a glass a sliding glass door. And, like, everyone at the party thinks it's because he's, like, getting becoming senile. And he's like, no, I'm just clumsy. But it's, like, because he's old, everyone's like, well, are you okay, Larry? We're a little worried about you. Maybe you shouldn't come outside so much kind of thing. Which was, <laughs> it's, it's a funny joke that you probably wouldn't be able to put in anything else, right? Because you never have, like, the lead of a TV show, like, 75 so much. Yeah. Like, we don't have, like, yeah, we don't have the main character usually being, being a... An older, old. an older person. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was a show on Netflix that had a, I forgot who and who, but there's been some, uh, an Emmy, oh, Emmy nominated shows about about like two old, you know, two older men who be who are like our best friends who like you know are trying to stick together and like you know are living their old age together. We also had you know back then like one of the most popular shows called uh, which was the Golden Girls with Betty White, rest in peace. That's uh, true. You know, yeah. so it depends. But like, uh, Larry, like he, um, he, he's been doing television for years, and of course, he gave it. You know, him and Jerry Seinfeld like did uh, Seinfeld, and that was just amazing. Yeah, and also just like Larry interacting with BJ Smooth is just—it never gets old. It never ever gets old. Like that, <laughs> that combination of like this old Jewish white guy. Um, and this just, like, young, hilarious, like, black man from, like, the ghetto, you know? Like, it's so funny. I, I love it. I need. I, I just am so hesitant to start that show because there's, like, ten freaking seasons. And I just, like, 
uh, you know, like you, you see how long it is and you're like, do I want to go down that rabbit hole? But it's like, maybe I should, but there's a bunch of other stuff I want to watch. You know, like I got to get back to Futurama because Hulu just picked it up or they just signed on to, um, I had to, to like bring it back from the dead for what, what is this? Like the fourth time that Futurama is being brought back from the dead. Possibly, but they're bringing everyone back too. All the voice actors. The only one that they're in negotiation currently that I've read was um the guy, the voice actor of Bender. Yeah, Bender. So, but yeah. Um. Anyways, continues. I kind of kind of just cut in there. That's pretty much it. The, there's one other really funny episode that I liked a lot, where like Jerry, or no, not Jerry, Larry spills coffee on like a clan's member's uh, a gown because there's like some kind of alt right white supremacist oh. rally. And he agrees to get it cleaned for the guy. So he, like, goes to, like, a cleaner. The cleaner happens to be Jewish. And he's like, can you get coffee out of something? And the guy's like, yeah, sure, what is it? And he's like, here. And he holds it up. It's it's like a KKK. Oh, no. And Larry's like, he was a nice Klansman. And he's like, it was my fault, too. Like, you know, like, I spilled coffee on it. Like, I really should help him, you know, get it out. And that was a really, really funny episode, too. Like, that one was, that, that was prime Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh my god, that's just yeah, that sounds amazing. Okay, that's pretty good. So uh, that, that's mostly it. I really want to get back to The Witcher, but I haven't had the time. Wait, you haven't finished The Witcher season two? No, nah, I only watched like three episodes. Um, that's when it starts to pick up, man. Like it's just I, yeah, I I enjoyed season two a lot more than I I, I enjoyed season. I think season two overall, I think was better than season one. I enjoyed them both, and I like. I love again Henry Cavill. I I just I like the I've I've been enjoying it so I'm I'm I'll be excited for you to finish that. Uh, yeah, yeah. What have you been watching? Uh, I've actually decided to um. I okay so I've been I decided to kind of like spend more time watching some some shows and catching up right so because I was because you and I talked about how like before we recorded we're talking about pokemon uh legend arceus you know i think i said it wrong but anyways been into that but like i've been kind of took a break from that game for for a bit and um i kind of i jumped back on uh to rick and morty because they finally put season season five on hbo and and hulu so if you have nice. that then you can um i watched raising d on season two it was okay i like season one better i think it was well I think it was better put together. Um, and then the two main ones that I wanted to kind of um, bring up was uh, I watched Euphoria season two, so I started catching up on that. Oh, and wow. this is like the, this is like the young people's TV show, right, Andy? I don't I don't know if I want to. I mean, call this, it is, young... this is this is your equivalent of watching Riverdale, pretty much, right? Like this is the same thing as me watching Riverdale. I don't. Okay. We're talking about a show that's on HBO, right? And it's not afraid to to show to show Dong, okay? Like they just straight but up. But it's like, it's effectively like a bunch of young people fucking each other, right? There, I mean, yes and no. Um, it's not like people are having sex scenes. Are like, well, well, okay, it is very sexualized. I'm not gonna lie, but the main person Zendaya, it's it's kind of her story around like her peers, right? And it, it seems like a freaking scary time to be a teenager, but she she's a you know um, she's a drug addict, and so it's kind of her back and forth and dealing with that, and like 
there's you know you have your different personas in from like your high school personas right like the the girl who's boy crazy and then like a low triangle thing so like it's just a bunch of um i don't even want to say randomness but like it's not a bad show i do think sam livingston who is the who is the, like the executive producer and who writes the shows i feel like he's Actually, I shouldn't say. I'll keep this comments to myself. But like, I don't know. Like he, he's kind of the one. I think he, you know, it's it's weird. I think Euphoria is his main baby, but like, I wasn't the biggest fan of his his Malcolm and Marie movie that I think you and I talked about a couple, yeah. like a while back. Um, and so I don't know. It, it's weird. Like it's it's amazing. Like the acting's amazing. The and it, there have some there's some funny moments in it and, but it's also very heartbreaking. So that's the other thing too. Like Euphoria, that does not that, that never it never leaves you feeling good. You're, you're, it's pretty <laughs> depressing to watch. Um, it's not as fun. It's not as fun as like or ridiculous as, as Riverdale, where like you know you have a murder, you know and. Everyone's Murders, okay. Cults, with... um, yeah. Underground prison fight clubs. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Euphoria is a lot. It's it's a way. It's it's a little. It can be worse than that for some aspects, right? Like a dad having sex with an underage, you know, woman, and you're like, oh, uh, that seems uncomfortable. Yeah. So that this like in that and like the in the story behind that upholding that against the guy knowing that like what he did was wrong so it's like kind of mm-hmm. like damn you know so it's a really intense show um because i'll watch an episode that comes out and then i'll and then i'll jump onto an episode of rick and morty to kind of like help me not think of that stuff feel better yeah you know what actually one other thing i did actually realize that i've watched and i don't know if i should keep watching it actually because it's kind of weird uh, I started watching the the um, Pam and Tommy TV show. Oh yeah, so that's recently that recently just came out this week. Yeah, I watched it mostly just because Sebastian Stan is in it, and I really like him. Um, and it's also like it's this you know strange documentary series about the sex tape with um, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Um, it's re- I mean like it's well acted and stuff, but then also like the kind of weird thing is is like pretty sure pamela anderson probably doesn't want this tv show to exist which is kind of like well yeah i'm just really i don't know i'm a little conflicted about whether or not then you should give it the attention or not i haven't watched it but the the premise of it 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 just seems weird because like it's a weird premise for a show i i totally admit it's very strange but at the same time the show is also like entertaining to watch sure Um, sure I, I guess if it I think wasn't it's well based, acted too. Yeah, maybe if it wasn't based on like people who are the true people who are alive, like Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson, and this show was like maybe just picked up and it was about you know a celebrity couple and their sex scandal, right? There's yeah, like, like if it was just a fabricated like like an amount yeah. of like various ones or something. Uh, yeah, maybe, but it does feel a little invasive in that respect, you know. It does, and like I don't, I don't even know if it got made out of, out of their permission too. I know Pamela Anderson did not talk to them. They tried to reach out to her, and I think she never responded. Presumably because it was like a traumatic experience, like that happened from her life that she doesn't 
want to yeah, talk about I, anymore, right? And that and that's why that's I think that's like the fucked up part that I like why like I've been hesitant to like want to check it out because like you said the cast is amazing, like you have like not only uh, like you Sebastian Stan but you have um, Nick uh, Olbermann, Nick Offerman. Uh, Offerman, and you have Seth Rogen who are in there too. Um, I forgot, and I still feel terrible for not knowing who the who plays Pamela Anderson. But I don't she's think an she's amazing... quite as well known as the other ones. No, she's not. But she's been in. But she's been in a couple other movies that I've seen her, in, and she's very awesome. Like she, she, she's a great actress. Um, so I, I do like her work because uh, she was in The Darkest Hour with Gary Oldman, and that was really fun to see. Uh, I liked her character. She wasn't Baby Driver, but wasn't. Um, but you know, her character wasn't like she played a typical like love interest kind of person. But yeah, I may or may not check it out. I don't know. Again, I like the cast, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, what's the last thing I'll bring up? Uh, the last one that I watched that I would want you kind of check out is I've watched the first I think four episodes of Murderville. Okay, I watched the first one. And I. I don't know if I was just in the right mindset, but I like I I loved it. I've been enjoying everything. I know you. The first one was Conan O'Brien, and I thought the first one was okay. Did they get better than the Conan one? Which one's the second? Uh, yeah, the second one was Marshawn Lynch. Is that one seems like it's either going to be hilarious or horrible? And it is hilarious because he's a professional. He's a he was you know he's a football football player right and you're like what is a football player doing in an improv because the premise of murderville is that it's will arnett and like the crew that they they have a script that they have a script that they're following right and they have a guest celebrity come in to be a detective in training who has not been given the script and they have to play on whatever scenario is happening and whatever they get into um so it's it is like so i watched the marshawn lynch one that one was i think that's probably gonna be the best episode that they have uh i would definitely check it out uh because of him because of marshawn lynch he just he made it really surprisingly really fun and how he got in like how he was able to just kind of be in the same mindset and like part of in his, his reactions seem really authentic and it's just it's hilarious to see so it's really fun and and you can see he has really fun and he like he bites into it so like if it's a silly situation he'll go for it so it's just kind of it's fun to see that and it and it just played out well so if you don't yeah. end up continuing at least watch the Marshawn Lynch one and then the the Camille Nanjani that one's that one's also pretty fun not not as um as not as uh let's call it as fun as the Marshawn Lynch one but it's okay. It's it's a good, you know, like show to kind of just laugh at and and Will Arnett's just hilarious. So yeah, he was really funny. Um, I just enjoy and they have like a background stuff. So I I would check it. There's only six episodes. They're like half an hour. So if you have nothing else going on and you want like a quick laugh, then like pop that on and and yeah, check it out. Um, so yeah. Okay, so I want to go into our next segment which is um i want to have a quick oscar talk um because the nominations came out this past week and this is where i become a pretentious snob movie viewer and i'm curious you know what to what is nominated 
And I'm a lot more motivated this year to kind of see, to watch this, you know, what I, mainly the main top, the 10 movies, right? Is what I strive for, at least. I try to knock off, I try to watch all Best Picture nominated movies. Um, but I'm more motivated to watch more than just that. And my biggest thing is that I want to do, okay, let me do this first. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you if you've seen these, okay? Okay. And see how much you, how much, you know, it's, it's a point I want to make. So let me, let me just kind of get into this. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to just go t- through the top 10 movies that that are being nominated. So let me see. First one is Belfast. Have you watched it? Nope. Haven't heard of have, it either. All right. Very nice. Have you watched Coda? Nope. Haven't heard of that one either. Okay. Two for two. Two for two. Have you watched Don't Look Up? Yes. Okay. Um, have you watched Drive My Car? Nope. All right. Have you watched Dune? Yes. Have you watched King Richard? Nope. Okay. Have you watched Licorice Pizza? Close. Close. Very close. Okay. I'm going to put that as a no for now. Okay, have you watched Nightmare Alley? Nope. I, I I tried to. I was hoping to be able to stream it here, but, you know, yeah, yeah. you're okay. up. Okay. All right, all right. Um, have you seen Power of the Dog? Nope. That sounds like a great movie, though. It's on, it, it is on Netflix, and I was going to actually bring that one up, but uh, it's on Netflix, so maybe we can talk about that one, because I know I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to watch it at some point. All right, lastly, have you watched... West Side Story. No, but I heard that was really bad, and I do really like the I, I I like West Side Story. Like I like the you know I like the play. Oh, I heard it's really good. And and they didn't nominate that movie that Andrew Garfield was in. I'm surprised actually. Uh, they didn't. Okay, yeah, they did not nominate Tick Tick Boom, which is what that's I, surprising that, to me a little bit, given kind of like what you'd expect them to nominate. They love the self-masturbatory stuff, right? Like the things that are like all congratulatory biopics of like their own field, don't they? And I know this is like a play kind of thing, but it's still very much related, right? To cinema, I guess, right? It's tangentially related to cinema, no? Uh, which one, West Side Story? No, Tick, 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 Boom, right? Oh, it's like, Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. It is kind of in a theater it's theater based it's not it's not like um like la la land yeah but you uh, think it'd be something well yeah of course you make anything about like you know old hollywood and i'm sure they're always going to nominate it but i would have expected uh, them to nominate this one because also andrew garfield did a really good job i think i need to see i still need to see ticket boom and i hear it's really good and like i want to really watch it now he is nominated so andrew garfield is nominated for best actor for tick tick boom ah okay well that's fair yeah, so he's still, though, I still feel like that should have been up here over, uh, I mean, you know what, to be fair, I can't make a judgment, so, until I watch some of these movies, and I will continue, until the end of March, I will continue to kind of have mini Oscar-nominated talks, or Oscar talks with you, from my Oscar viewing things, when I, you know, for what I watched, because this piece, this this recent last week, I watched Liquor's Pizza and Nightmare Alley. Um, but yeah, I guess the the biggest thing I wanted to kind of bring up about the Oscars is like I just wanted to point out 
that out of the ten, you've only watched two of the movies. Also, one of which, then there's no fucking way they're gonna give it to Dune. Like, they're never gonna get. They're not gonna give it to a sci-fi movie. Act okay. All right. All right, because this is where I'm going to get into my soapbox, Andrew. And now I'm going to... Okay, you know what? Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> um, God, I'm trying to, like, contain myself. But why the fuck was Spider-Man No Way Home not nominated, right? Like, obviously, I'm Because not they're not going to nominate popular I, movies. I, I, I know, I know. Okay, and this is where it gets worse. This is where I get upset, right? Because you mentioned Dan being a sci-fi movie, right? Um, Which is probably going to win for best... Uh, either maybe maybe visual effects, and like uh, like what what's the music one? Uh, the the music. I mean, there's just best, I mean, best there's orchestra music. or best choir or something. Well, there's sound mixing and best sound uh kind of deal. So there is just kind of like um sound uh in general. Okay. Um, but or original score. Score is also one. Um, uh, original score. <laughs> but. Here's my thing, Andrew, and I'm going to just fucking talk about it right now, is that, yes, I'm not surprised that Spider-Man No Way Home is not nominated, right? Because it's the fucking Oscars. They can give a shit less about um, superhero movies like that. Uh, And like you mentioned, a sci-fi movie, right? So in the past, like, 20 years, maybe more, um, we've had... What was it? Avatar got nominated for best fucking picture which is a bad movie which is okay that is to my point that you have to be somebody like james cameron to have your shit nominated i feel like and i feel like i'm just this is a hot take and nothing against james cameron because he's a phenomenal filmmaker um but like it's just you know it's one of those things like what qualifies a movie you know that you know what qualifies the movie to be nominated for this thing like you know and that's where we're you know now it's funny because i follow like you know i follow this for a reason and like there is a um like people are complaining that like you know what qualifies movies to be best picture you know i think like i forgot what the uh like last year um what should we call it nomadland one for best picture and one for best uh, actress and some other stuff and some other things. Right. And so uh, Chloe Zhao, uh, Asian filmmaker. So like she won and she's, you know, her and a woman like won best uh, director and her movie won best picture, which is great. Um, now I wasn't the biggest fan of Nomadland because I wasn't a big fan of like the subject and everything. It felt like a mix between the documentary and a movie. Um, and I feel like it should be one or another, but it was beautifully shot, beautifully shot, and she, and you can tell that she can, you can tell that she could do amazing shots because there were some amazing shots in Eternal. All right, my thing is that like, again, I'm super biased when I talk about Spider-Man: No Way Home, but last time people talked about a movie being nominated for Best Picture was um, Avengers: Endgame, and who, and then having um, what's his. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know, have at least a, be be a contender for for best actor. See, I'm not saying for Spider-Man: No Way Home to win best picture. I kind of just, or you know, or, or in general, I want there to be some kind of recognition. You know, 
Yeah, but the recognition that you're looking for is just like whatever old white Hollywood likes, right? And this is, I mean, like, that's not what they like. In fact, they probably hate these movies because it's kind of changing their industry in a way that they don't want to change. I, this is all, con, you know, conjecture, too, on my behalf. I obviously don't work in Hollywood or media, um, but that's my assumption, right? Like, they don't like the way that Disney and, um, I don't know. I guess maybe Netflix is changing things. Probably both. Like those are probably the two biggest forces in terms of like what is changing cinema in the way that people view it and what they're viewing. Right. I mean, so for best picture here, we have Don't Look Up and Power of the Dog that are that are Netflix original movies. You know, so it's just kind of like there. Like you said, there is that. It's just kind of like, and like you said. I, I, I am asking for some recognition, right? Because like, what to what end, you know? Like to what, like you know, what what qualify? Like, there's no hard line to what qualifies, and and you know, like, is it because the majority of the voters or people who can nominate this stuff are predominantly older and white, you know? And yeah, don't, they don't consider. Like I mean, like, right. I mean, like, it's like asking James James Cameron, right? You ask him, what do you nominate? Like, he is not going to nominate these movies. Even Spielberg, who like. Also, to be perfectly honest, like you could make the claim, like a lot of his movies are similar. Like the, he invented the summer blockbuster. Yeah, exactly. But he yes. probably also, I assume, wouldn't nominate Marvel movies, right? No, none of the OGs like Spielberg, Scorsese, uh, like you said, James Cameron, even Ridley Scott, who have all complained about. The superhero movies, you know. So I want to point no. out, House of Gucci wasn't nominated, and I bet, I hope Ridley Scott. Wait, wait, is it Ridley Scott or was it James Cameron? It was Ridley Scott. It was Ridley Scott. Yeah. I hope Ridley Scott went on tangent, like, oh, those fucking, those millennial nominees, those guys He's, who are nominating it. It's just them. It's just those guys' fault. They just don't have the patience for my, my exquisite yeah. taste in films. Well, okay, let's look at the, let's look at the premise of 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 uh, the House of Gucci. It's about rich people. You know what I mean, and and like and and like that's part of the premise. It's about you know, like they're living and 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 like the rich people. And I'm like, I don't want to watch a movie based on like, you know, like the, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a, it's maybe because I haven't seen it right. But the other thing is that like, really, Scott came out with two movies this past year, two movies. It was The House of Gucci and The Last Duel. So you know, for a guy his age, like shit, dude, his he's putting his he's making his um you know like he's doing what he can which my to my respect you know for like almost an 80 year old man doing movies still like you know uh that's fantastic but don't i mean i guess don't complain about what you know you can't he was trying to say don't blame your customer i hate it sure yeah like that's that's really what draws the line for me like never blame your customer for why they're like why your thing is not selling it's it's ridiculous this is uh, there's an analogy that i've always thought of in comic books and that like so comic books they get made monthly as books like individual comics and then they also get collected into trade paperbacks and with the indie comic scene there's always this fear it's like if you don't buy the monthly books you won't get the trade so there's this somewhat fear and pressure sometimes, I think, applied to comic fans. It's like, hey, if you want this to exist as a trade, you have to buy it in the monthlies. But my response to that is like, if you want me to buy the monthlies, don't make the, tr like only make that. 
because I would honestly, at this point, like I would prefer the trade because it's easier to, it's easier to read sometimes. It's easier to put on a shelf, whatever. And I understand the economics are hard and it's, it's not easy and straightforward, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, you cannot blame me that like the, the consumer of your product for like buying one of the options you're providing me for or not buying it. Like, it's just, it's not my fault. Like, and if your economics suck, like, I don't know what to do about that, but it's like, it's not my fault that your economics are, are challenging, you know? And so that, that's always really bothered me. Like, and I, I, and I, I, that's what I interpreted it to be when he was complaining about that. I was like, dude, you're just blaming your consumer base for not liking what you're making. And it's just like, that's, that's fucking capitalism, dude. You make stuff that people like it, they'll, they'll buy it. If they don't like it, they won't buy it. Yeah. And he like, you know, I guess the last thing that he said, he's like, I, you know, that these superhero films, you know, are not art. Um, and so that's like, he was one of the last statements that he made. And like, I think Tom Holland even said like, Hey, like, you know, you can't really put like a, a definition or a cap on art. You know what I mean? Exactly. Art can be whatever. It's not his yeah. job to define what art is either. Like, uh, he doesn't get to define that. No one gets to define that. It's the same right. thing with, uh, with like with paintings, you could take a painter from 500 years ago and show them at Jackson Pollock and they would be like, what the fuck is this? Mm hmm. Like you think Leonardo da Vinci is gonna like a Jackson Pollock? Like, I I don't know. Maybe he would, but I, I I presume he'd be like, this is really not. This is not very artistic. This is not very skillful. But I love Jackson Pollock. You know, and and it's funny because like you know I'm not you know I'm not sure like how long like it'd be kind of funny to see like hear ourselves like maybe 30 years from now right to see. Because, again, with the music, with, like, even television shows and, like, things, like, you know, we, I feel like we, people just kind of, there's a, a thing where people, like, you know, talk about, like, back in my day, things were a lot better, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, the like, get off it, my lawn kind of mentality. Like, well, it's true, because, like, you know, like, and again, I think James Gunn and one of the popular, one of the popular, like, uh, tweets that he made, like, years ago when uh, they were first complaining about superheroes, it's like, he's like, well, look, like, Back then, like, we had a shit ton of westerns, you know, and those were, like, our superhero movies. Um, and, like, I think, when, you know, so, like, now, like you said, like, now our superhero movies are, like, our westerns, you know, um, and they're fun to watch, you know, like, and then maybe, like, maybe 10 years from now, like, maybe you and I will be one of us, one of, one of us saying, like, oh, you know what, the best part of Marvel was the first, like, you know, the first saga from, like, you know, 20 2008 to you know 2022 or whatever you know like the infinity saga was like the best part of marvel who knows right but someone else might say oh no i loved you know this fourth um generation or this fourth phase of you know phase four of you know the, you know what yeah, i mean? really love like, phase 10 because presumably it'll still be going <laughs> exactly but that's what i mean like you know uh and my the last thing after i get off the soapbox is like like you said you brought up a great point about what popcorn movies were, how they were invented and when they came out, like with Steven Spielberg coming out was not only like um, Jaws, but to like yeah, Indiana Jaws. Jones. I mean, like that's pretty much the first one, right? Like Jaws is yeah. the first summer blockbuster, right? Because uh, that '70s was like the that was the birth of like blockbuster movies, because all we used to have were like westerns. So like that, you know, was Jaws, and then later on in the late '70s we started, we got Star Wars. 80s we had we got a uh, blade runner which was a really scott movie so it just you know what i mean from now we got jurassic park which is still like a huge franchise which steven spielberg himself started 
Um, so, and I appreciate like all those film works because what they have done has given us what we what we have today. You know, and I think that's the more important part of like that aspect. But when, but when it comes to like the the, the freaking Oscar stuff, it's really weird. I I sound like I'm angry about it because like I slightly am, you know. Um, but like I'm always curious to see what is qualified and what is seen to be Oscar worthy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm gonna go see today while we're recording a little bit on the earlier side because I'm gonna go watch Drive My Car. Right, and it's a film, and it's a foreign film movie. It's three hours Which Andy long. Andy corrected me; it is not the prequel to Dude, Where's My Car. It, it is not. I, you know, if only, because it would be Drive My Car and then Dude with My Car. But luckily, you know, that's not the case. Um, but anyways, like, it's just kind of like I already have in mind that this movie is going to be one long and two may not be the most entertaining thing. But I'm gonna I'm gonna sit through it. Uh, Nightmare Alley, beautifully shot, well written, and it's a drama. It's a noir drama. Like it's a drama, and like it it wasn't the most exciting thing. Um, but at least Del Toro made it. By the way, did you watch Tor- that? Um, did you see that Pinocchio thing? He's doing that Pinocchio movie. I mean, I, it's not with Disney anymore, but it's with Netflix. But that looks awesome. I mean, if it, if it has uh, his name on it, then like. I'm gonna watch it, but I, I'm a big I mean, fan I think I really like Pinocchio. Pinocchio is a really interesting Disney movie too, because it's it's very different than most of the Disney movies. That's true. That's true. Um, but you know, I definitely will watch it. I'll be excited for that. Because um, uh, Guillermo's last movie that he made was The Shape of Water, and I adored that movie. And not that everyone liked it. And I, yeah, I adored it, and it won Best Picture. And he won. Did he win Best Director? I don't know if he did, but um, so like a couple movies like that, you know, will win Best Picture. Like the not last year, but the year before that, Parasite won, and I was that was a phenomenal movie. Um, so again, there are some reasons why I will be like, okay, I agree, you know, was was like why this particular movie won. Um, so. I think I'm gonna end my my soapbox there. I, I okay. well, uh, and also for for the record, I would point out like I don't care if people don't like Marvel movies. I truly don't. No, I just think it's right. silly when people try to say they're not art or like they make you know they blame the consumer for not being smart or like other stupid things like that. That's what I don't like. If you don't like the movie, that's fine. Like that's I, that's totally fine. Like don't like it. That's there's millions of movies that are made like every hour probably now that are uploaded onto Netflix. A hundred percent. 100 percent and like dude like i yeah like i've i've gotten so i i get shit for like liking marvel movies you know what i mean from you know but like it's what it's what you and i enjoy and and we decided to fucking record ourselves talking about these things that we you know like i and it's funny because like i think sometimes that like some of my family members think i only like superhero films but it's like no like i a, a film lover of like you know if you tell me something's gonna be good i'm gonna give it a chance i want to you know what i mean so like i want to be open-minded to like watching which is why i also want to give myself the task of like trying to watch as much as i can from what's been nominated you know and of course there's always nice surprises that do come out um besides whatever is oscar nominated you know so yeah that is a. Uh, it's just, well, that's you know, your, that's, your it's, it's fun. 
with my soapbox for the which was a lot longer than I, I thought it was gonna it was gonna be. Anyways, you know what I want to talk about? Uh I wanna talk about Peacemaker. Oh man, this show's really good. Uh, um I, when's the last time, Andrew, that you've watched a show that you've had like this much fun watching? It's really, really good. I mean, and the thing is, is like James Gunn very, very effectively makes you sympathize with Peacemaker. Like he does a really good job of making you kind of sympathize with Peacemaker. He's still an asshole and stuff. Right. Um, but there's these sympathetic moments. Uh, Vigilante's hilarious. The soundtrack is outstanding. Like the team dynamic is funny. Um, it's ridiculous. Someone cut a chimp in, or no, a gorilla in half with a chainsaw. That was so, like. Oh my god. <laughs> it's really, really good. It's like I, like I said up before we started recording. I think it's like maybe one of the best superhero TV shows in the last five years. It's really up there. I, I can't like. Yeah, this is one of my top favorite superhero movie shows that I've watched. Cause I'm like, cause you got me thinking. Like when you were talking about that, I'm like, well, what, what's the other big stuff that I like? You know that I've really enjoyed that we've been given, you know, like, um, Loki, but I don't, I mean, Loki, there's WandaVision and it's Loki, all WandaVision. I love the boys. I think the boys is really, really good. Um, the boys is really well written and well done. Um, I, so I'm trying to like, but like, this has like, again, I don't know how the hell James Gunn does it. Where like, he, like you said, it makes you sympathize for the character. All right. And and pulls on your emotional strings like in the in the span of like five minutes. Like I don't know any other writer who like does this to me. Because um, just like with Suicide Squad, we get we get reintroduced with new characters, and in like the first like half an hour or less, you're like I like this person, you know. Um, so it's just kind of crazy. And so sitting with these characters, I really I, I adore every single character that they put on this. Um, the show, even even the fuck, <laughs> um, Robert Patrick, who is uh, Augie Smith, you know, the Peacemaker's dad, who was a piece of shit. Oh man, I yeah, love that. They've done a really good job with him. They show the background of like how he made Peacemaker kind of like he had a hand in making Peacemaker into a horrible person, and like yeah. this is why he is how he is. He's a piece of garbage. You know that love, that love moment with um, Vigilante almost killing him in the in the um in the jail in the prison was hilarious like that little monologue that that vigilante had right right before he started the fight with all of them yep 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 i just so it's been it's been really fun and i'm excited to see where uh this final episode because we we uh last time we talked we did episode five and now we're doing now we've seen episodes six and seven um but yeah like it's just been dude and, and like and go for it the the, so the soundtrack is also like it brings me back to like the first guardians movie like i think the soundtrack here is really really good and not in a way that like you expected it to be good kind of thing like in guardians 2 like you expected the thing to happen and it did mm-hmm. happen but because you expected it it wasn't as cool you know what i mean right with the soundtrack, but with here, like with his obsession with like 80s hair metal and stuff, it's it all really fits like the ending of not this previous this episode, but the previous one when they're all turning into butterflies and they're playing that song like the whatever the monster song was perfectly picked song, 
for like seeing like the entire town turned into butterflies, you know, and everyone's transforming into like zombie kind of weird creatures. Dude, that was how great. The, the like just the, the creepy smiles that they got, you know, just like walking. That scene was chilling, and I thought it was just was so great. Um, just because he's like, all right, you guys, like, I don't even know how you, he's like, all right, Cap, give me your creepiest smile awkwardest creepy smile and we're just gonna walk down the hall it's just it was just yeah. so well done with the music and the other little scenes like uh i just the like the scene was them asking the butterfly in the jar questions like mock twice if you want, like hit it twice for yes hit one for no like all the stupid little conversations like that they have with each other it's just it's a lot of fun um because again i don't know it's just, it's just i really love uh his writing style, I guess. I'm a huge fan of his it's writing style. And, and we didn't even we didn't even talk about the intro last time either. I don't know how we missed that, but the intro is hilarious, and you never skip it because it's funny. Oh yeah, no, it's the it's the one show that I will not skip the intro to. I don't know when the last time I've done that. I think maybe Game of Thrones was one of the last ones because Game of Thrones had an had an epic intro, um, because it would be different at least every single episode where it tell you where we're going to be and everything. And the, the score to that intro is just also really fun uh, or really, really epic and, and amazing. But for the Peacemaker intro, like the dance sequence and everything, it just, it, it just tells you the vibe of the show. And I don't know, it's perfect. And I, and I guarantee you that I'm going to probably try to learn that fucking dance. I don't know. Uh, that dance is really good. I wonder if they can do a season... It's so weird. The DC universe is just, it, it's so weird. Like, you would have never guessed, like, if you told someone, like, hey, like, the best DC TV show or DC cinematic universe thing is Peacemaker. And you'd be like, really? And, like, yeah, it's better than Batman. It's better than, you know, the Wonder Woman sequel. It's better than the Justice League. And I'd be like, what? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But here we are. Only reason why, like, dude, I think, like, even and still then, like, I feel like DC has had like has had the upper hand in television than uh, than Marvel, but now Marvel Disney has come up with come has come out with these fucking you know Disney Plus shows because. Um, well, I think the CW verse has been lagging though for a while. I mean, like there was a point in time where I really liked it, and I just I don't pay so much attention to it anymore. Right, makes sense. Um, speaking of that, I don't know if I told you before we about the Peacemaker. Side note. That all the Netflix um, Marvel shows are leaving Netflix. Yeah, which I assume I think they're going to go on Disney Plus. I I don't. It depends. I I don't think we're going to have it on Disney Plus. I feel like they're going to go to Hulu. Well, in Europe that'll be Disney Plus, but because it'll it'll be the star. Um, Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like here, I feel like it's going to be Hulu because uh, Disney owns a little bit of Hulu. Um, and we and I think because they want to keep Disney Plus more. At least here at the United States, keep it more family friendly. I think uh, they're going to shift that in the future. I think it's probably worked well for them in Europe having the start section, which is like they just pretty much dump Hulu and Fox stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, they've also commented that like Moon Knight really doesn't hold back and that it's pretty you know violent at times. And I think if that one pans out for the U.S. audiences and subscriptions and stuff, I think they'll probably trend a little more teen and adult and try to figure out how to get their stuff there too right well i mean we'll, we'll see i'm I'm, uh, well, I'm really excited to see um yeah moon knight because 
of that particular reason. Because are they going to go as intense and as brutal as they did in Daredevil? I mean, the trailer is pretty. I mean, the trailer is like the trailer shows horror stuff. It shows like him pretty brutally beating people. Like, right. It looks like it's as dark as the um, MCU has ever been. So. I mean, it look okay. It's one thing to be dark, right? But it's another thing to be like fucking gory and bloody. I don't think it'll be gory and bloody, but I think it'll be violent. Okay. I guess you could make the case that, like, I think it'll be dark and violent. And I think up until now, the MCU's, like, had moments of violence, but not moments of darkness and violence at the same time. Fair enough, fair enough. We'll see. I'm, again, I'm, I, and I know we're going we're gonna to talk about, that's going to be, like, the next big television show that we're going to talk about. Um, because right now... But the Book of Boba Fett just ended, and then we have one more one more episode to talk about for Peacemaker. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm ex- again, like you said, I am completely completely agree. It's like how if you would have told me again five years ago saying, "Hey, the best piece of DC content is gonna be a a show called Peacemaker." What the fuck is Peacemaker? Yeah. You know. Oh. Um, also, John Cena is like a legit, really, really good actor. Like he's a very good actor. He has proven he has proven himself. I again, you, like you learn to love his character, even though like his character has big parts of him being a piece of shit. But you understand, and so he, again, James Gunn does a really good job at like creating like the like the rejected group that sticks together. Um, and I have a again, I've really enjoyed. Again, like the why why I enjoyed the Guardians of the Galaxy because it was just a bunch of rejects who got together. Same thing with the Suicide Squad, a bunch of rejects to like that got together and had to like figure out how to survive together and work together. Um, so, yeah. Um, so for episode six, we end up you know we kind of find out where uh, oh we we're left with a cliffhanger right because Mern. You know, we find out that, you know, like, Adebayo sees him, sees the butterfly, and we think that is in danger, but we realize that Myrna is, is a butterfly, but is trying to, like, protect the, uh, protect the world, and not have, not have, like, the other main butterfly one is trying to be, like, a tyrant, um, leader and take over the planet. Um, so we kind of, that's the main part of episode six, and we have, um, what's it called, the uh, what was it? There was a was that the diary episode or the next episode? I forgot what. Um, I don't know. It all bleeds together for me. I mean, uh, yeah, we found out that he was a butterfly, and then uh, they used the diary to make uh, Peacemaker the most wanted man. Yeah. And now we have a we have a collision course between all the butterflies and I guess the the Peacemaker team. I just I was not um did not see that coming where like the I mean and not surprised either where like the main where like the butterfly uh escapes and goes into like the goes into the prison and goes into like the police detectives which I thought was yeah. very smart. Fun I mean and and they they killed them the what's his face like the leader of them I don't know what his the guy's name was the one who was a butterfly um, who was leading the team. Right. It, that was uh, that was a bummer. Like they, you know, they kill. Yeah, they kill in the in episode seven. They kill Murn, which is like, I don't understand how did did James gonna make you feel emotional about a butterfly 
bug getting killed. I was just like, yeah. And it's also like he, that guy. I mean, like the butterfly killed Mern originally, right? So it's kind of like fuck you, you know. It's like that's fucked up. But then he has this thing about how you know he's like I remember his memories and you know it's not so easy for me or whatever. And it's like oh well okay. Right. And then he and but the funny thing is that like even then he's like I picked someone who was a piece of shit who had a bad background who was a nobody and you know and I can use their and I was able to use their body. So it's like I made a choice to pick not just pick just anybody, you know. So I think that was a very smart thing about that too. And uh this actor is gonna be in I don't know his real name, but he's gonna be in Guardians Three. Yep. Yep, he's set to be in Guardians Three, so I'm excited. Cause the one thing I like about uh James Gunn's rules too is that he um he has like a no asshole rule. So like if there's any like if there's anybody who's like difficult or is an asshole, then he's like, I'm not gonna work with them because you know, like I why would I make one why would I wanna make my life more difficult um in that aspect? So I think it's very smart. A very smart role because the guy the actor who plays Vigilante, um, he also what's his name? Um his name is uh Freddie Freddie Stroma. Um he plays Vigilante and there was a different actor playing Vigilante, but like because he was kind of being difficult, he um ended up replacing that actor. And I think when they asked for when they decided to pick Freddie Stroma, James Gunn actually called Elizabeth Banks, uh, who's also a pretty who's a big actress who like uh who has worked with this, this actor and is like, hey, is this guy cool? And she came like, yeah, no, this guy's decent. And so that got that got you know. Uh, Freddie Stroma the the green light to play this character. So yeah, kind of some some background in that. Um, but anyways, um, okay, we should should we move along to to book about Boba Fett? Let's do it. Okay, Andy. So what did you think of? Okay, I want to point this? out. Some, I want to point out something, Andrew. All yeah. right, because last time we talked, okay. Last time we talked, we talked. We had a big discussion. I forgot if it was recorded or not. Um, Probably was. You said that I don't think we're gonna see Mando. I did say that. Okay. It was very. And accurate. I'm like, I'm like, why not? Like he's a, you know, this just became the book of the Mandalorian, right? Yep. Well, we see a lot more Mando. That's for sure. And uh, first thing we see in episode. Six is wait, do we see him show up first? Um, no, yeah, we see him show up first, and then guess who we see? Fucking R2 D2. This episode, we see the whole gang. I mean, we, we see, see everybody. We see from like, oh, R2 D2, holy shit, what they're building the Jedi Temple? What? Oh, there's Luke at training freaking Grogu, aka Baby Yoda. And this this kid is learning how to jump and flips or whatever, and we see a bunch of frogs float. Oh wait, who else do we see? Uh, fucking Ahsoka Tano also shows up, in which is thing. pretty crazy to see Ahsoka. I think it was crazy to see Ahsoka meet Luke. I think that was a really interesting interaction. Um, because uh, because I mean, Anakin trained Ahsoka, and she makes that comment like so much like your father, or like she says something like you're like your father yeah, or yeah. something. 
Um, so the last thing I want to point out, Andrew, before we, before you, because I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna cut you off one more time, is go for it. Um, one, you were wrong. I just That's to, true. All right. Two. The first thing I, after watching this episode, the first thing I do was to message you and say, Andrew, where the hell was my spoiler warning? Spoiler I'm like, warning. you better watch this. And you're like, what'd you say? Like, I just wanted you to be completely surprised or some shit. Like well, I that. figured if I told you, call attention to it also. So I was like, right. oh. and I actually don't know how much you're on social media. So like, I'm not on social media that much. So it's like, I generally don't get spoiled so badly. I mean, I check websites that report on this stuff too, but when it's near certain things, I don't check them. I, I mean, I I'm, I do I I I do lurk a lot on social media, like mainly Twitter and um, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok are like the, the the main ones I use. And like, dude, when Spider-Man No Way Home came, right? Like that night, like a Thursday night, not even like release date right on a friday thursday night i get home and i like you know when i'm relaxing i just want to like you know swipe through some tiktoks there are spoilers happening left and right of people who were already yeah the spider one was probably rough yeah um luckily for the for the book of boba fett um this particular episode which i think was like the hugest like the biggest episode we were given in the season um what's it called yeah that we were given right um it's just incredible and crazy. Um, so it's pretty we, nuts. It's a pretty wild episode. I, 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 I have a question, though. I have a, a central question I want to ask you okay. about the Jedi Order. Do you, I mean, do you think that they've given us any reason outside of the original tr- trilogy to think that the Jedi are a force of good? Because it seems like they've given us almost no reason now. Like... Where does Luke get off making Baby Grogu pick like that? It's kind of mean, don't you think? Like poor little bait. Like he's just a little guy. He doesn't know what he wants to, you know. Like yeah. Like, oh, you like he's like here. He pretty much tells Grogu, "Go live with the person you love, who cares about you, and will try to protect you, or live here with me, commit to loving no one, and." And I commit to, like I don't know I don't I don't understand what the Jedi Order is offering him at that point like it's so weird like it makes me think like okay like Luke's learned nothing so I guess it makes sense why it all crumbles but at the same time you'd like to think Luke did learn something but because we have the newest trilogy we know he learned nothing so it's just it's so weird I think it's very weird like the episode was amazing but I think when you think about the Jedi Order in the grander scheme of things, it just seems very strange. You know, okay, this is what I'll say. Because I have recently been, like, seeing some stuff covering it, and I, I, I'm going to probably hate myself a little bit for saying it, right? But, so, the one thing about... So, first thought. Luke, I feel like, in this, his character is trying to go based on book, Right? Because he spent, like, by by the Return of the Jedi, right, we have Luke now being kind of almost a full-fledged Jedi where he has time to, like, you know, have time to read and, like, understand more ways of the Jedi, get more training. That's why he's kind of strong the way he is. Um, but in Star Wars The Last Jedi, it is the only movie 
that challenges the notion what it is what does it mean to be a, a star you know like a jedi like a jedi it's the only movie that that challenges that right and you know jj uh, abrams in the in star and you know force awakens he's really great at the mystery stuff you know why why does ray have you know get to be picked and why does she have you know the force on her side you know like, what does it mean for her for having this? Who is she? All right, and then in the uh, the last Jedi, or the, or sorry, it's the um, it's the, not the, yeah, it's asking like, what does it mean to be that? What are what are the values of it? Is it worth it? And in that same one, we have Yoda come in, uh, in his like phantom phase and burn down the temple that we see in this particular episode. So no, Kylo Kylo ruined the temple. Did he ruin the temple? No, yeah, that's so the temple that Luke was building oh, in this episode the, is one where he's training all the Jedi's that Kylo ruins. Then I thought but the one it is interesting that Luke goes to a planet that has similar shaped temples. Okay, so similar shaped got, structures, I guess. So my right. Bad. Anyways, so you're right. That's the one that Kylo, like the one that where they're at, is the one that Kylo destroys. But then, like, yeah, Luke finds this other hidden temple with, with the ancient books or whatever which then yoda just kind of like burns that shit down too you know uh so it's weird I mean, I mean do you think that i mean i guess that could be the moral is like the jedi order was corrupt they fucked up obviously during the clone wars right yeah. they were manipulated through whatever and then luke sought to recreate the jedi order in that image and then yoda comes back and maybe points out like hey man that was obviously a bad idea it didn't work out <laughs> You're right. So, so effectively, what you're telling me, Andy, is this is Ghost Yoda's fault. Ghost Yoda should have shown up now after Grogu left and be like, "Hey, man, like, let's not be so rigid. Yeah. You only had one pupil. <laughs> this yeah. is also the funny part of it. Luke's like, "I'm gonna start the new Jedi Order," and he's like, "I have one student. How quickly can I scare them away? Yeah. You know? It's like, good job. So, and that's the funny part. It's like. That's the only reason why I did appreciate Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi, because it, it it came up with some notions that, one, what does it mean to be a Jedi? You know, like, and then, like, kind of at the very, the last shot in that movie is about a kid, some random kid who can, who knows, who has, somehow has the force in them and, and pulls a broom. Meaning that, like, anyone can end up, you know, being a Jedi, or anyone can be picked, or whatever, um, can end up being a Jedi. So, like, those are the small, the small things that I do appreciate from The Last Jedi, even though, like, there's other stuff that I really did not like from that movie. But, again, um, like you said, yeah, like, this is probably the point, you know, like, where, hey, attachment isn't a bad thing. Like, I'm going to go to what where the stronger bond is because that's going to give me strength into becoming, you know, the thing I want to be and be more powerful, right? And we even saw that was Luke struggling with this emotional attachment in the you know the the first trilogy was like you know trying to kill his dad and, and all that kind of deal and try to work the yeah. emotional thing like hey you don't need to be this blah blah, blah you know which, which, act, which actually so bringing it back to the tv show it, it is consistent actually thematically right because the whole premise of the tv show is that boba fett is identifying that he functions better in a tribe right he doesn't want to be yeah. a, a killer for hire anymore he doesn't want to work for people he can't trust anymore and 
same with Grogu, I guess. Like Grogu picks his tribe instead of picking a life of detachment. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I and I and so I I'm gonna ask you this question because I didn't even get to watch as much um, because I kind of I fell off of, of it, but like I tried watching Clone Wars, right? Uh, for the most part, um, and then I have not gone to Rebels. Uh, so I was gonna ask you like, what is what are your like for Ahsoka's character? Does she kind of have moments of challenging the notion of a Jedi? No, I mean, like, Ahsoka, like, rationalizes the entire fucked up thing of the Jedi Order. Like, they could have transplanted that into either the end of Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. And it would have made much more sense because she, I forget how it actually happens, but she ends up challenging the Jedi Order um, for, like, kind of being corrupt and, like, being inconsistent with their laws and stuff and, like, you know, that you know the clone wars is not really helping the people and stuff like this and they end up like i think they hold a trial for her for some reason and effectively i think she just quits the jedi order because she perceives it as corrupt um and, 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 and that's the thing that's the amazing thing about the clone wars is the clone wars tv show much more effectively had moments where it showed you how the jedi order got an off path and how it was being manipulated by palpatine this entire time and it's all orchestrated by him right and it really shows you its true downfall which leads into the next the original trilogy right so that was the benefit of it and ahsoka's character really is uh is, is involved in a lot of those moments i'm excited to, i'm excited i'll be excited to see her her show uh once it comes out but no but that's what i'm saying like maybe that's what it's funny because like the fan base for Star Wars is so intense. It's so like it's crazy. Um, but it's kind of funny to think that like a, like you know this whole thing that was created in the 70s, right? That it wasn't until literally like the nine late 90s slash Clone Wars that we started getting official lore for for this, you know. Well, they've been all those books and stuff, but I guess yeah. like TV show wise. Um, I mean, those are so many expansion, the expansion universe books and comics and stuff yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, but then, but they just, again, like, why, like, in the 90s, like, this, or now, recently, like, a while ago, like, hey, none of that is canon. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of it's not canon anymore. Um, but anyway, so I guess getting back to the episode a little bit, I think mean, the episode was really good. I mean, like, we can talk about the end, about the, the, the potential problem of, like, having Boba Fett not be in two episodes. Um, but I mean, like the episode was great. It was like a, it was like a fucking whole episode of Clone Wars. And then in this episode, I really love the Western thing they did at the end with, um, I forget the actor's name. Remind me. Uh, Timothy. Timothy something. Yeah. Tim, uh, I was going to say Sean Lee. But man, um, that whole, and the setup between like, I gasped so many times in this episode, um, and then I also gasped when Cad Bane showed up. I'm sure you didn't gasp because I don't know if you know who Cad Bane was. I unfortunately did not know who Cad Bane was, like the, and I feel the, like the a great person. thing is that Cad Bane is based off of a of, of, off of a um, a character from a spaghetti western. I forget which one. His whole suit is so the second and he they introduce him in live action in like the most badass like western duel you possibly could have done. But the cool thing was is the second you see the shape of his hat. Anyone who watched the Clone Wars is like, oh, fuck, that's Cad Bane. And, like, the whole time he's walking and, like, his 
the brim of his hat is really down. It's blocking his face. So there's this really awesome reveal about like what his face and his eyes look like. And that whole scene was, was awesome. And kudos to them, like the directors and stuff, like the way that they had uh, Timothy's character go off with Cad Bane and them kind of like doing that duel. And you could see that the, um, whatever the apprentice or like the second guy in charge, like he was super nervous and you could tell that he was going to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And then like, once he kind of makes the wrong move, Timothy's character looks to the left and then Cad Bane pulls his, his blaster out and gets him. But like that whole scene was like, that was, that was stellar. Western to a T and in space, call it star Wars. It was just kind of, it was, I, I loved every bit of it. And like, dude, it was my first time being introduced to Cad Bane and like, he was badass. I, I enjoyed seeing him introduce him like oh shit this guy's the real deal and that like you said that whole sequence was done so well um so i had a i had a big i had a good time watching that um but man dude that's it was such a great episode like we we, again we we see order 66 again in this episode too um so i just uh yeah I'm, i'm excited that like what's that you know like uh I was just excited to see this episode. Question, yeah, it was a great episode. Do you think Luke will give the lightsaber later on to uh, Grogu? I would think not. I mean, like, it seems like Luke is really adherent to the rules of the Jedi Order. That's my assumption is what they're kind of insinuating. is like, like Luke was creating a Jedi Order that was bound to fail. Right. Um... I think they kind of they don't have to do that, but it's probably the easier route just to be consistent with what they have with the, with the movies, because you know it fails. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some bright spots in there with him training people and and like I guess the New Republic actually being a you know a functional New Republic, but I would assume I mean unless he changes his mind, he'll probably never give him that lightsaber. I mean, maybe uh, Baby Yoda will get like a cool tiny little mandalorian helmet i i highly want to see that um well I, yeah but again we're, we're left on a cliffhanger between you know picking either the the armor that he that you know that mando has left for for grogu or uh, the you know Yoda's lightsaber, which um, once again, if we talked about this episode, we would have been wrong because I was just like, okay, so well they'll pick up that thread in Mandalorian, and I was like, we're not going to see Baby Yoda again. I I just wanted to to point out that yeah, I was just, I was just, I was just happy to see this episode, and uh, um, so uh, you had you had some. I want to go back to what you said a little bit earlier, saying like, what so what do you think was the issue of not showing? Boba Fett and these last two episodes. I mean, the issue is that the entire premise of the TV show is supposedly that it's about him. If it's not about him, don't call it Boba Fett, maybe. And if it's also not about, it, it seems like a weird balance. It seems like you could have either pulled back Boba Fett and made him not the main character and the whole thing a true ensemble. Um, but it, it seems weird to like specifically identify to the audience with five episodes that this is the story of Boba Fett changing his life. And this is why he decided to change his life. And then to veer off, no matter how entertaining it was, 
to veer off in this completely different direction for two episodes out of seven. I, it seems strange to me, even if those episodes were enjoyable. Right. I I mean, and I guess like, to, and to be fair, right? Like you ask me, what were my favorite episodes of the Book of Boba Fett? And I would honestly answer episode five and six, where we see the Mandalorian uh, and and all that. I feel like we have more in a minute. I think for myself, I feel like I have more an attachment to the Mandalorian because we sat with the whole a whole se- the whole two seasons with him, you know, and got to see him, got to know, understand his values and and whatnot. Uh, from like the ways of the Mandalorian to you know compared to like Boa Fett and the way of the Tuscans, right? Um, which I mean, not to say that I did not like enjoy the 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 Boa Fett, you know, like being in the tribe or whatever. But I mean, I, it was I, all necessary character work. That's the thing. I think yeah. a lot of people felt those flashbacks were really slow and abrupt, and it was. It was a little weird sometimes because some episodes would be all flashbacks, some would be fifty fifty. I don't know if there's a better way to do that to like engage the audience more i think those flashbacks were really good and they were very very important to show you why boba fett changed and to really show like what is what is motivating him um sure they were important but i understand why some people would think that they were like maybe boring or they weren't progressing this quote-unquote story even though you need character work to progress the story too yeah and i feel like maybe maybe like to be fair like Maybe if I was a little bit more emotionally driven with Boba Fett, why he, you know, was more of like his becoming more attached to the Tuscan ways, you know, um, well, you know, and again, like, again, my attachment because I spend more time with the Mandalorian is, is stronger because we have, yeah. again, him and and Grogu, uh, which I like would prefer to see from being honest. I would also. I would also claim that, like, to be perfectly honest, like, Boba Fett is not the most badass character in the world, and he doesn't need to be. I think sure. there's a lot of expectations placed onto him just because he has cool armor and is popular. And the only reason he's popular is because he has cool armor, right? <laughs> right. So there's all this expectation that, like, Boba Fett has to be the most badass person in the Star Wars universe. And I was just like, I don't get it. He dies like a bitch in the original movies. Why is he a badass? Uh, you know... So that that's my thing. I was like, Fennec I Shand is way more badass than Boba in this entire season. It's true. I mean, we do see him get cut out. You do see him, you know, cut himself out of like, you know, the the thing that swallowed him, though. So I mean, he gets out of it. But but I do just think like I think there's an expectation though is what I'm trying to say is that there's an sure. expectation placed on the Boba Fett that's based off of probably like his armor being really cool and maybe some stuff written in the books from like the nineties and two thousands that make people expect him to be the most badass character in the star Wars universe. And I think what we've seen on screen is just like, he's, he's not, he's very capable, but he's just, he's not the most badass one. And that's, that's fine. He's just, you know, he is who he is. For sure. Fett people are going to hate that and be like, fuck that. <laughs> I mean, I again, I had fun with with watching, you know, the, the entire thing, and like, I actually grew. I mean, I I liked more of the idea of him becoming like a kingpin or slash godfather of a town. You know what I mean? So like, I like. I think they rationalized it really, really well. Yeah. And I, I really like the show. Um, maybe we should talk a little more specifics on the final episode. So, yeah, let's do it. So we finally get to like 
the freaking you know what's funny about this particular pro- the show too though is that like if you have a question or wonder what's gonna happen right they like answer it right away because in the first shot of episode seven we see the r2d2 show up was uh grogu We're like oh he made his choice of course yeah um, so I just thought it was a little side thing. I thought it was kind of funny. Also, I love how metaphysical the show gets sometimes because you had that the mechanic lady learn that his name is Grogu, and then she's like, "That's a terrible name." Yep. <laughs> That's so um, funny. But so like yeah, this pretty much this whole episode is just them again the the um, the war. It's just kind of like yeah, it's just kind of the war that has that they led up to. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'll let you take the lead on this one because I I really don't know. I mean, I like the episode. I think I liked it a little less than maybe some others. I I found some of the action pieces maybe in the middle half a little more boring. I mean, the Butch Cassidy like we're gonna go get him was cool. Um, that was fine. But then I I got like some of it. Some of it just like so much you know, random shooting into what seemed like nothing and like pulling back a little bit of that was boring to me. Um, and personally, I would have just loved to see a lot more Cad Bane. And, and this yeah. is what this is. This is the the problem I have with knowing that they did all the Luke stuff, because I'm like, man, would I have loved one more episode of Cad Bane build up the relationship between Boba and Cad Bane. Because there's a there's a historical relationship between those two characters. They insinuate that it exists. So it's like I would have loved Boba Fett to realize Cad Bane was was their guy like one episode earlier, so that you can let that marinate a little bit. Have them have like a couple interactions in an episode um, where they're testing each other and and some other stuff. And it's just that that to me, I really wanted to see that probably. You know, for the sake of the story, it would have, I think, been probably better if you really wanted the thing to be focused on Boba Fett. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I kind of wish it would have been a little bit like, again, do you think he's actually dead in this episode? Probably not. I think they it, it seems like they took that camera angle on him long and he's got like some kind of, you know, mechanical chest plate or something. He's got to be sure. old. I'm surprised. I mean, they, they say that, too. It's like, you're an old man, but it's like he's old. I mean, he was an adult when Boba Fett was a child during the Clone Wars. Like, the Clone Wars must have been, like, 30-plus years ago. 30 years ago? Because Boba Fett's kind of old, too. Like, Boba Fett's no spring chicken, either. No, but he, you know, but again, like, was was Cad Bane... So we're looking at, like, Cad Bane's got to at least be, like, 10, 15 years older than him. But as you, but like you said, like, you know, like, like... What is it? Uh, the species from like you know Grogu and Yoda species, right? Like their yeah, species. Yeah, like they live to be like nine hundred. Same with Wookies, I think. I think Wookies live a really long time. Yeah, so like who knows? Maybe this this guy can still have some still have some years. And like for being a, a sh- for being a shooter, like this guy shoots quickly and it's dangerous. Like they again yeah. they presented him in a really badass way. Yeah, so I would have liked a little more of that. I would have I think that would have been fun to get their interactions just a bit more. Um, the Rancor stuff was really, really cool. I like the like the Godzilla kind of King Kong Rancor. The, can- the Rancor thing was badass. That was probably my that was probably my favorite moments of the war because like I, I agree with you that the parts were kind of slow and it just didn't seem like I didn't feel so scared or I just feel like they were just gonna be taken out super easily. You know what I mean? Like I didn't feel so scared for 
for them. And I don't know if it was just kind of like the not to hate on Rodriguez because I love that guy to death. Um, I don't know if it was just kind of like just very, very blend shots or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I don't know. No, I think it was fine. It was a fine episode. It wasn't as good as some of the other ones. Um, it was adorable to see Baby um, Baby Yoda put the Rancor to sleep and then immediately fall asleep next to it, though. Yep. Yep. I loved that. That whole thing was amazing. Um, so it's just, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you know, they have the war and, like, that's kind of what, what it sets off to be. Uh, do you think there's going to be a season two for the Book of Boba Fett? I would say they probably maybe, but I would I I would hope I I think they should probably just leave it where it is. That would be my preference. I mean, we spend so much time on Tatooine anyway. True. Um, and then the Obi Wan Kenobi show is going to take place on Tatooine also, and that one's coming out this year. That is that May when it comes out. Yeah, that they revealed that one's in May. So it's like okay. it's, it's a lot of Tatooine, you know. And I get it. Tatooine's a really critical place for the Star Wars. Um. But I mean, like, I think, I mean, like, I, they could probably leave it here if you want. I would love to see, like, I would like to see maybe just an ensemble season because I, I would love to see Fennec show up again somewhere. Um, I think Boba Fett's character to see him show up somewhere would be great. But I think if you're solely going to focus it on him, I'm a little uncertain about that. Makes sense. Uh, again, I, I I'm, I'm just, I'm excited because. This is like the one, the one show, or like the one, like you know, with Mandalorian and with Nabo Fett. Like they, it's it's the, it's like the, I don't like the good kind of fan service is what I would say, you know, where like they give us what we want, but in a way that we are not expecting it, you know. Yeah. So, uh, because you know it is what it is. Like hey, like this makes sense of like Luke was here with R two D two. Yep, let's bring him in, you know, not to not like. Because, you know, with MCU, they're like, well, these are really high-paid actors, you know, so we can't really just get them in for, like, five minutes, you know? So Yeah, that is the crazy thing. That episode's crazy. In that episode, what do you have? You have Cad Bane, you have Luke Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, R2-D2, Boba Fett, The Mandalorian, Baby Yoda. Like, that's crazy. That's, like, yeah. never going to happen again. Oh, don't, don't, okay. Andrew. We're going <laughs> to... We're gonna see some crazy I don't think we're, shit. Maybe we will. Maybe we will see Luke and Ahsoka Tano meet again. I think that's gonna take a long time to see Luke and Ahsoka Tano meet again, though. I don't think we'll see Ahsoka. I mean, I see Luke as much. I think. I think honestly, to be honest, maybe you're right. I feel like this is the last time we will probably see Luke. What? What? I think. Do you think they could recast him, or do you think they kind of like dug their own grave because they've already used the technology to do this? Uh, yes to both. There have been like this jokes on Twitter a lot. I've I've seen that like they say that Sebastian Stan should play a younger version of Luke. I can see it though. Like, dude, Sebastian I can see Stan it. He kind of looks, like... looks like him. Like, he yeah. he, he kind of looks like him a little bit. Um, and I think it worked fine with Han Solo. I really like that Solo movie. I mean, like, I think it gets a lot of shit. I think it's better than. I think it's better than most of the new Star Wars movies. Um, and I think that guy played Han Solo really well. I don't, you know. But I don't know if you could do it with Luke now because they did the movie, you know, they've done the CGI kind of thing instead. Well, so while I mean, obviously, like while Mark Hamill is alive, which he has, you know, plenty of years left on him, like I would love to still see him, 
like one maybe like continue to voice act his character whether we use a body double and the facial thing i still think we can use mark hamill to do the voice because like at the end of the day like mark hamill's main thing is that he's an an amazing voice actor and even from his voice changing to becoming older like you can tell that like he can can make his voice high pitch enough to like reach like you know his younger version um, yeah, but you're kind of limited. I mean, like this one, this one looked good. I mean, it, it's uh, it, he moves around a lot and he has a body devil and stuff. But I, there's still got to be some inherent limitations in terms of what you can do this way. For sure. Um, and and again, like and again, like I want to stay open to what the possibilities are, right? Like, if we need to recast, like sure, let's do it. Um, but they can work with what they got, like what they just did now, sure. Because I don't think we're gonna have as much face-to-face time with Luke as we did with, uh, you know, like like we have been. Like I think we're gonna be seeing less and less because we are getting our stories more fulfilled, right? Um. But again, we never know. Like we, the, the coolest thing, though, is that was having new, like a new character, like the Mandalorian. Like they can take it to like wh- wherever they want to go. But as we are given more stuff, we are starting to get ourselves limited. If that becomes, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like it's like, oh, like now I'm gonna go over this planet. Like, oh, what's what's the good excuse to now go all the way to where Luke is to go run into him? You know what I mean? So like. Now there's no reason to go back and let you know uh, to go back to see Luke because Grogu is now back with uh, the man, you know, with Mandalorian. With Mandalorian. It's going to be interesting how they introduce this the third season of the Mandalorian because I'm sure there's going to be people who didn't watch Boba Fett who did watch Mandalorian and they're just assuming that like oh like Grogu's gone, but he's back. That's true. I mean, yes, I feel like I mean they'll recap but... it. I'm sure they'll recap it in some way really fast just for the audience's sake. Yeah, I agree. Like, we'll recap it, and, like, I have a feeling that, like, again, there's something special and crazy and scary about the the Star Wars fan base, so I feel like 90% of the people who are going to watch The Mandalorian have watched The Book of Boba Fett. No, but the I don't think so. I think The Mandalorian was a really special thing that they made, and that reached, I think, an insanely wide audience, much, much wider than the book of boba fett just because of grogu okay for sure and i think it's literally and and that's probably part of the reason why they know they have to bring him back because of he's he brings in so many i think non-star wars fans because people think he's cute and funny and stuff Uh, well yeah i I don't think people who watch it just because they think grogu's cute yeah you gotta think about the yeah the business aspect of it like it will it will sell toys and make money so like yeah yeah, so I think I think there will be a lot of people who who watched both seasons of The Mandalorian and did not watch Book of Boba Fett. That'd be kind of fun to see. If you see someone who like we'll see we'll see how they they reintroduce it. But I think it's kind of cool that now he's just gonna I guess I guess he's just gonna train him to be a Mandalorian. We'll see. This is the way, right? This is the way. Um, well, on that note, the cool thing is that we do have an actual official like date for the release of, of the third season, which is going to be in December. Oh wow! I didn't, uh, okay, cool. I didn't know there's a yeah. date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think December is going to be season three of the the Mandalorian, which I definitely am excited to see and and going from there. Um, any final thoughts? Anything that we forgot to mention? 
I don't think so. It's good. I liked it overall. I, I, despite maybe my harsher tone. <laughs> I still love it. I mean, it, it, yeah, this is still, I, I still have a lot of fun with this and I'm excited, you know, have, you know, continuing to like watch this and like people like John Fabrio and Dave Filoni, like work their magic um, and make this like Star Wars thing even more magical, you know, so. We'll go from there. Um, as for next time, uh, we're probably going to talk about either one of the Oscar-nominated films, maybe Uncharted, maybe something. I'm not too sure. Maybe Batman. Maybe Batman. But we'll have plenty of other things to, to talk about in this, uh, in this thing. But until then, this has been I Want to Talk Movies. I'm Andy. And I'm Andrew. We'll see you guys next time.